and the mouse keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I'm Jim. I'll be joined by Jason in just a second. But before we go there, let me tell you to go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Also, go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, and then go to our Patreon to help us out for everything we do here on this feed. And that is Patreon.com slash Weird Science. Very easy to remember, but if you can't, there are show notes to this podcast and all of our podcasts where you'll find a camp, uh, what is it, campsite bio link tree type thingy. Fit on that and you'll get all sorts of links to all things weird science. Now, it is a little bit more important this week to talk about the Patreon. Usually I'll tell you, hey, every week on Thursday night, me and Jason get together and we have our Marvel Comics Badass Patreon only spotlight episode where two books are picked by the badass levels of the Get Fresh crew, and we talk, uh, you know, an extended deal, have a podcast about those. This past week, we ended up talking about Damage Control number one and Fantastic Four number 46. So if you want to listen to those, you can go over to our Patreon and listen. But there is even more important things going down. This week coming up is an annuals week. It's a week where there's five weeks of comics, and whenever that happens, only happens a couple times a year, but when it does happen, our shows are all on the Patreon, Patreon-only shows. So next week, you're going to get all of the shows as Patreon-only to listen to those. You have to go over and subscribe to the Patreon for as little as a dollar. We'll get you all of those. They'll also make you holler, I hear. But with all that, it's very easy to go over. Sign up for as little as a dollar, and if you end up waiting till September 1st, this is a little bit of a tip here. If you wait until September 1st and go over and subscribe to any level, you could go whatever. You could be a badass. You could do whatever you want. I'm not here to judge, but if you do go over on the 1st of September, you will not be charged right away, and you can go through all the month of September and never be charged. You'll only be charged if you decide that you like what you hear and carry over into October. So when you end up hitting October 1st, right before that, if you don't like what you hear, you can end up quitting. You'll never be charged, but you'll have been able to at least check things out all through September. I think that there is a bunch of things that people who listen to this podcast may actually enjoy, even with the Patreon spotlight that I already said. But we also have other things like, a Ultimate Marvel Comics Reading Club, where I am going through right now Ultimate Daredevil and Elektra. I am at issue number two of that. And other things that are DC Comics, manga, indie comics, all these things going on. If you're a comic fan, I'm sure there's something you can find over there. As I said, it's patreon.com slash science, and it helps us out for all the things that we do here on this feed and all our other feeds that we have. So, yeah, just remember that if you end up coming back on, say, Friday, hey, where's that Star Wars podcast or Sunday? Where's the Marvel? Oh, my God. 
It is that it is Patreon only, so go over. Dollar. Shit, a dollar. That's for a cup of coffee. Actually, coffee costs way more than that now. So with all of that, though, yeah, it'd be great if you check that out. I'd really appreciate that. But here we are. We're talking about Marvel Comics right now. I'm going to go off right now, and me and Jason will be talking three books here. We will end up, you know, maybe liking one more than the others, but we'll see. Here we go with the books. And I'm here with Jason. What up, Jason? Oh, not a whole heck of a lot. I'm just basking in my very last day of fun in the sun here in Florida before heading back home to still kind of sunny Rhode Island. Sunny Rhode Island, it is. And That's here, what it says at our laziest place, I think. Sunny Rhode Island. Sunny Rhode Known Island. Far and wide for our thank, thank God for Sunny Rhode Island. And thank God for these books. Not great. Now, this week is a little down. We ended up talking on our Patreon spotlight about damage control and Fantastic Four already. Those weren't great. Now we're going to jump into these. And at least I, I'm telling you, we start off with The Amazing Spider-Man. It's The Amazing Spider-Man number eight. And it's going to keep going until we find out everything that's happened. We're going to keep mentioning, hey, Zeb Wells is keeping the info from us. Hey, we want to know what's happening with Peter, Mary Jane, everybody else. Uh, But in that, even as I said on that long extended issue where you liked it a little more like, hey, we'll have a little, you know, play with Peter and have some stuff. This is okay. I, I don't mind this issue. I just I rather do bigger things. It's almost one of those things where, okay, this is fine, but let's get on to the big things that you hinted at. Let's get to the big story. At the end I said, okay, so what we accomplished was mostly just a big fight scene that had it looks kinda cool, has some continuity ish questions to it. But what actually accomplished is kind of big, right? We have Spidey in a in a new suit on a new glider, he can fly around now, and he's got a new job. Those are some big things. You play with this idea that we were thinking that Norman was sus. I even mentioned the last time we talked about this book, the idea of the sin eater taking his sins. But what did that really mean? Mary Jane didn't trust it when it happened in that Nick Spencer story. So even that ends up being discussed. And you find out that Norman's actually making, you know, some fail safes, making some things there that he wants to make sure that he doesn't go bad. Yeah, and that's I'm, the big I'm sure play. at some point he'll go back to his standard evil Norman Osborn, because that's how these books always happen. But at least for now, in this Zeb, well run, Zeb Wells run, he's trying to be a, a decent human and being. And when he does go bad, because again, yes, we, we kind of know the play. It's like Doc Yeah, when he does go bad, though, it's probably going to be something that is, again, beyond his control. He doesn't seem or... He gets screwed over really bad by Peter. Like, that could happen. But at this point, he wants Peter close to him so that he could be there to make sure that things don't go wrong. And in this issue, Zeb Wells plays with the idea of, oh, my God, this was a setup all along. He ended up wanting to do this. He's not good. But you find out at the end there's a little feels to it. But it is The Amazing Spider-Man number 8, written by Zeb Wells, pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marceo Menez, and letters by VCs Joe Carmagna. And it says Norman has been trying to convince Peter to take a job at the new and improved Oscorp, hinting at a project they worked on together those faithful six months ago. Meanwhile, the Vulture's granddaughter, Tiana Toombs, learned the truth about the extent of his crimes and cut ties with them. Again, there is a bit of a continuity deal because this already happened in the Miles Morales book, and that kind of is a shame. Heartbroken and enraged, Vulture went to take it out on the person responsible for driving the wedge between them, Spider-Man. The ensuing onslaught left Spider-Man with broken web shooters and plummeting to the ground several hundred feet above New York City. And like you said, it's a big fight. Now, with that, I love the idea of, Mm -hmm. man, my granddaughter found out about me. 
I'm after you. <laughs> Even Peter plays it out in here. It's like, you're trying to murder me now. I mean, Jesus. I, I really thought it was going to at least come up that, oh, actually, it was Miles who told Tiana that all about that. she just ended up saying, never gets have mentioned. a little flashback. Who told you this? Spider-Man. But she means Miles. But even then, she did the research herself. She looked into it and found out about it and confronted him already in that book. And it was kind of played off already. It's already been you know taken care of. But no. Here it is again, and I think that just somebody didn't tell. And I like the idea where Zeb Wells comes in and is like, I have this story, Tiana Toom. She finds out about her grandfather, like, yeah, about that. And he just laughed. They, they didn't have time to tell him that it was already done. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Well, I, I think I think part of the problem is that after this issue, they have two tie-in issues coming up to the gala and then to Judgment Day. And so he only has a two-issue space in between the big anniversary and the two tie-ins. So he had to come up with some two-issue story that still felt like it's related to the main story, but is self-contained enough. And so, yeah, and what you're, what you're really getting is the idea that Spidey gets this neat little suit, even though, again, we had the Beyond suit with, with Ben. Now we have this with Peter. And they kind of just feel gadgety and kind of this, especially the idea of a Green Goblin type. This is not going to be a long term suit for Spider-Man. He's not going to be flying around on a glider five years from now. I didn't see anybody online like usually when you'll get something. I mean, getting Spider-Man in a new costume, that's humongous. And I didn't see anybody talking about it at all. So you end up with this and the fight goes on. And Peter does end up being able to save himself. We know he's not going to die. And it's kind of cool. He uses his cartridges with the you know the blue yeah, he, the- he kind of makes himself a little uh like almost like an airbag cocoon to help him crash through the trees but that doesn't even stop adrian is gonna go and i felt bad by the end of this for adrian because he gets the crap kicked out he's an old man i mean at points he's hitting his I mean, head he was against trying glass. to murder Peter i know i'm death, still so saying though involved, you don't have to keep smashing him in head first into glass panels <laughs> brick walls <laughs> He did get it pretty bad there, yeah. And he really, like, and you're you're doing it in the way that he's hitting his noggin. He doesn't have a helmet or anything on. This guy's in trouble. Uh, and then you end up having that stupid, like, emoji thing at the end of the show. Oh, my God, look at this suit. Yeah, I didn't it even does wacky get that. Things. There's one more thing this suit does, and then it just shows a close-up of the face with a smiley face yeah, on it. it just looks I- like it can make some things on the face I it's don't just know. like yeah, an emoji not, deal pay off for me. no it's it's stupid uh but in that they i like that he goes up and then comes back uh because at the one point he does end up having to switch in that new suit he's gonna die he calls norman and says norman norman you have to help me come on and norman's like nope you didn't want me to track you i don't know where you are screw you and I crushes his phone suit to you you're, you're you're stuck and you think oh my god what an evil guy he's doing that he now just wants peter to die he wants spider-man to die but what he's doing there is trying to like keep himself from getting in that suit you kind of get it by the end that he's upset like please yeah, don't drive like me onto this glider hang out in a bar with his friends because it's too close too close and it would be like me calling you and you're an alcoholic somehow and i'm like hey jason you have to come to the bar because if you don't have a drink you're gonna i'm gonna die you're like, ah, oh, you son of a gun. Well, like you, you, you call me and say, hey, I need some vodka right now. Go and buy me some vodka. Don't you drink it. That's not good for you, but I need the vodka right now. Just, just bring it to me. He needs the suit. He needs, and really what it plays out by the end, because when Peter does end up going to Adrian saying, hey, how you feel there? I get you webbed up, you jerk. I love where he gives the emoji, but then backs off and comes back to just talk crap and all that. But. That deal of him, you're going to have to own to your own murdering. 
you're the one who did bad, and you're the yeah, it wasn't and he just me. leaves him webbed up. He doesn't call the police. He doesn't turn him in. Doesn't bring him to any superhero jail. He just lets he him wants go. him to have you know vulture thinking time. <laughs> there isn't even the mention of like I love the classic mention. It's usually like. Well, you know, these webs, they'll dissolve in six hours, so you have plenty of time to think about your problems, whatever. He's just like, eh, sayonara, sucker. And you I end up out. where he he just, it's an old man who only had his granddaughter, and he just doesn't want her to not like him. And he wants to, you know, it'd be the same deal if this is a gangster story or anything like that of, you know, I'm trying to do better for my granddaughter. I don't want her to know about my bad stuff I did in the past. And when she did, she was mad. It's, it's them. almost that sort of parallel with Tombstone and his daughter, right? Because he was acting like he had he had turned over New Leaf, when really he was just playing it a different way, but playing the same game, where Vulture doesn't want his daughter to know about the bad things. No, and, and again, earlier, and it's his granddaughter, I believe, but even so, when he ended up in the Miles book, it was that idea where, and you saw it. That's why I think it played better. You saw they were zipping around and he's teaching her how to fly. Hey, I'm the vulture, whatever. And then she just like Googled it like, beep, beep, beep. oh my God, he's awful. He's a murderer. He's not the grandfather I know. Screw you. I don't want to be like you. All that's, but he was actually in that. Like I said, you had more of the personal deal with them where he said, that's the case. I don't want you to be like me. That's why I'm, you know, doing this. And then she ends up kind of becoming a hero, which is almost his redemption story through her. I like it. Here, it's just, I'm going to kill you. I did like the part where Peter goes, yeah, like, yeah, you told her I was a murderer. Like, you're trying to kill me right now. You jerk. <laughs> like, you are. But Shut yeah. Up. So then he goes back to Norman and Norman ends up, like, looking very sus. He comes in on the glider and says, Norman, you, you were screwing with me. You set me up. Now, the setup is a weird play because it wasn't exactly Norman setting up the vulture. You can't even really connect those, but he didn't come to save him. Yeah, I, and he I didn't never have thought the it suit. was a setup. I just didn't didn't think you I wasn't sure what was going on there actually. I didn't have a, a, a He theory. just I mean, he wanted he's mad now of, you know, you were just playing with me and you didn't send the suit. And he's like, No, no, I wanted to, but the suit needed to go your location. You didn't want me to know where you were and also uh, I couldn't get in it. And he said, Don't you understand? I wanted to get in the suit. I wanted to save you to redeem myself a bit with that, but I can't. He's an alcoholic. I can't get on that glider. If I get on the glider, I'm afraid I'm he's never going to come on. Yeah, he is a gobbleholic. He's a gobbleholic. So then he says, you know, I need you around here. I need somebody to watch to make sure I don't go off the deep end again because I'm dealing with the stuff. And me and you, you were a good team. We work out that way. Please. And Peter's like, so if the job's still open. Yeah, I'll take it. And so he's going to work with them. And that's the crazy play because it has been leading to me and you thinking, all right, we're going to get this big goblin story coming up, but it's going to be the idea of him being bad and whatnot. But maybe we'll get a little bit of Norman and Peter working together, which is pretty cool uh, in that you'd get a little bit of this new suit. And again, it's almost like we just saw that Beyond suit with Ben in the last deal. And now we just get this high tech suit similar. with the yeah. oh, spider bombs, yeah, just like the you know, yeah. and yeah, it's just kind of the same deal. He's on the glider. He's like, man, this is just like riding a bike and eh, smashing tombs in the side of a building. But yeah, they end up shaking hands at the end. You're like, all right, that's cool. And then next we have tie-ins stuff. So we will, uh, or at least I'll be checking out for a month or so because of the idea of those. I might check in and, and read because of the Mary Jane stuff that should come into play a bit. But with all that, what would you give this? Yeah, it was. Uh, is there some fun stuff to it? Uh, I thought some of the escapes in the fight were a little contrived. Didn't really make me go wow. 
I thought the, the art really played to John Romita Jr.'s strength in yeah, this. Yeah, I thought the art was good. You need a whole lot of like emotional face work, which he can get look kind of weird. No little kids to make us look creepy, but the actual fight looks really cool. So it's in the story itself, and some interesting things happened. It's nothing to write home about. Give it a 7.5 out of 10. I think I'm going to go 7.5 again as well. I, I think that it's... It's pretty decent enough, like you said. Once you ended up, like, now I realize you had the space to fill. So you could do worse. I mean, we're not getting the big the big things that we want to know. But at the end, we're leading towards that. Even the idea that, you know, Norman and Peter were working on something six months ago. You have that little bit in the intro where this should lead to more and more things. Plus, remember, Norman, in that wacky way, tried to reset up Mary Jane and Peter to kind of make him look like he was messing with Peter, but he's going to ask some questions. He's probably going to, and he knows what happened. So maybe we'll get some information through him that we need. So yeah, seven, five minutes, you could do worse. Like I said, you're going off to these crossovers, tie-ins to yeah, it's, the it's Axe deal the now. It's not the finest, put in the time capsule issue of, of if even if Zeb Wells is run, this is not the one you give to somebody to hear. Here's what the Zeb Wells Spider-Man's all about, but it does its job. It has some intriguing little details to, you know, Project forward, and it's fine. We'll, we'll check back in with him in a month. We'll, we'll go to the next book, which isn't that fine. Uh, I mean, oh, this Captain not. America book, we said right away, again, you're going to be fighting. And in that movie's one thing, but comics in this where, you know, there's been a struggle with the whole Steve Rogers, Captain America for quite some time now, getting something that's really hard hitting mm-hmm. and everybody wants. And then you end up pretty much setting up a divide almost like, hey. You guys, if you're not going to buy these two, you're going to have to pick one of these. And I do believe that most people would go towards the Steve Rogers deal and hope that, yeah, I hope this one's yeah, good. The one with, what, 70 years of continuity, that's going to be the one people... And it's not even anything to. about, like, saying, oh, the hell with Sam. He's like, you already have the movies kind of coming up for that. So we're going to get that. But in the books here, first off, th- this story by Tochi Onobuchi, it's a wreck. I mean, you're not even giving Sam a fighting chance. What are they doing? Why are characters acting that way? How do they get to that place? But who knows? And it's funny because you have that first issue where, you know, the combined issue, then they go off in these two books. I've even had some people like Matt Razor said to me, like, he didn't even like that first one that you liked a little more than me, but at least like that was like, why didn't you just do that? Just have the two Caps books, Captain's Americas, and have that because we're heading towards a crossover. And I think that everybody, including me and you, who said it from the beginning, once that crossover's done, I think that's what we're going to get. It's just not a good story. It's a wreck. The storytelling is not good, but you give us the info and we'll get into it. This is Captain America, Symbol of Truth, a.k.a. the Sam book. When Deadpool tipped Captain America off to Vibranium being smuggled out of Wakanda, Sam proposed a joint operation with the Wakandan government to expose the perpetrators. Wakanda rejected the mission, believing it undermined their sovereignty. Left with no other option, Sam joined the growing social movement, Wakandan Forever, to infiltrate Wakanda disguised as a disillusioned American emigrant. Meanwhile, Falcon hid his cousin, Louisa, while he investigated her unwitting connection to the smuggling ring. When Falcon's investigation led him too close to White Wolf's vibranium operation, Ross Bones captured him. And this is written by Tochi Anyabuchi, art by R.B. Silva and Z. Carlos, lettered by V.C. Joe Caramagna, and colors by Jesus Albert. Yeah. So we end up having these two stories here, and neither of them are, are really well plotted out. Neither yeah, the one so with Sam Joaquin barely to a story. Emigrate, he applied to emigrate to Wakanda 
And then he's in Wakanda in, it seems, a matter of hours because Joaquin is, is captured the whole time. He's, he's hanging there, all handcuffed, hanging by his arms. The entire time from applying to emigrate, he's there already. I, I know Wakandans are efficient. Yeah, I'm telling you, I don't think it has to do with the Wakandans. I think it has to do with his connections that he says, yeah, they got me through. I mean, I guess it's one of those where you just don't want to waste time, where he's sitting at his house watching TV, waiting for the word to come through. I still think the senator is going to turn out to be a bad guy. That is yeah, my prediction. I, I don't know. I, I With all this, even if he is, the idea that he got him in here is that everybody going in with a visa application here is carrying a virus that's going to be a biological weapon. And by the time that you get done with this, I'm like, how are they going to stop this? All these people there. I mean, how do you do it? And even then, Crossbones gives us the info because they end up having Falcon. They lead him out. I love that Falcon thinks that this is, you know, Sam, I should say, thinks that this is normal, you know, deal. Oh, they're leading me out into the woods. Oh, things must be going great for me. Crossbones says, we're just going to fight. Like, I'm surrounded this guy with guns. And instead of tying him up and capturing him, doing anything else, I'm going to give my gun away and I'm just going to fight hand to hand with Captain America, which he knows it's not going to work. None of his guys jump in. They don't shoot the son of a gun. They don't do anything. They just stand there until three hawks come and these three hawks take out like eight dudes. And in that, you have Crossbones at one point, legitimately two things that made me laugh out loud. Crossbones says half of the plan. Hey, this is what you don't know about the half brother of T'Challa. Oh, that white wolf. He is a pretty badass guy. He has this mm-hmm. plan where everybody who comes into Wakanda, they're carrying a biological weapon in them and it's going to, you know, destroy everything. And then Sam's like, tell me the plan. What do you think I am? Some villain who <laughs> monologues? I'd never do that. And then gets back to telling the rest of the plan. He actually stops in the middle of telling the plan. The writer knows it's a cliche, calls <laughs> out that it's a cliche. But goes ahead and does it anyway because he has to get this. But it's not like we're going to figure out the plan by reading the freaking book because it doesn't make any damn sense. Has no sense to it. So when you have that, what you play here is you go with the idea, oh, Crossbones, that meathead, if I can, you know, egg him on like, oh, Crossbones, you probably don't know the plan because they wouldn't tell you because you wouldn't understand it. You're just a jerk. And they, what? I know what they said. They said this. At least play the game. But he says, oh, what do you think? I'm one of those dummies that ends up telling the monologue like a villain and then just goes right to it. But he already told half the plan. So I don't even get. See, but you have to come across because you have no idea what is going on. And we'll go through this whole part with Sam and then we'll get back to Joaquin, which makes even less sense. But you end up where. They fight. Crossbones and Sam are fighting. They're going back and forth. The idea that, oh, my God, what will trigger this whole biological deal? And they're going to blame it on Sam. Oh, this Captain America, Sam, he's the one who did it. He ended up going and really playing off the idea that Wakanda already told him not to go in. So that plays into the bad guy's plan. Right, in that Zoom call. Yeah. And then, boom, you get an explosion. Holy moly. And you end up where it's T'Challa. And the way this was drawn, I couldn't tell if that explosion is happening in the same story know or in either. the Joaquin story, because they're both on the same page. Exactly. The only thing that you get is there's all those crazy trees in the Sam deal. So this explosion of a boom no, tube type deal is like because the character so just silhouettes. You can't identify anybody. Sam and Crossbones should be dead. T'Challa comes out now again. The not Earth everybody. Itself, the rocks and the trees are are breaking into pieces. Oh yeah, just it, it, all pen. 
Now, in this, if you would go with one side, you look in and say, you know, T'Challa here and Anabuchi, he's making a little joke here. I can't say that he is because everything else is a wreck. When T'Challa comes in and says, Wakanda doesn't take kindly to spies. I'm like, you have not been reading anything of that. That's all. <laughs> also, that at the is- beginning of the book, same remarks on how happy and peaceful everything here is Wakanda. Exactly. They just had a civil war. They had a civil war because of T'Challa with spies. <laughs> like I said, if this is T'Challa making a joke and comes in as like, listen, trust me, Wakanda does not like spies. It really bit me <laughs> in the ass, yes. right? But he doesn't. He comes in and says, hey, hey, Sam, spying on us? Wakanda doesn't take kindly to spies. I'm like, well, first off, who are you right now anyway there, Black Panther? Because there's a democracy, all this stuff. There was just a civil war. Everybody was against you. You ended up, people would probably think you killed Achille, the head of the secret police. Like, what is going on here about these spies? He's like, that's the ending. And you're just like, if you're reading all the books, including the Black Panther book, you just, you have to laugh and go, yeah, this guy doesn't know anything about what's going on overall in the marvel universe in this specific deal that he's dealing with how can i trust him with this wakanda thing when the solo black panther book it seems like he has no idea what's going on and then you get the the joaquin stuff where it's supposed to be tying in you're supposed to be seeing these you know human traffic people that are part of maybe this experiment to get into wakanda but it doesn't set up right last time they set up like oh louisa i gave her this overly complicated communicator that's going to talk to Red Wing. But, and then he's captured, and then somehow all the prisoners just break themselves out. You have no idea how. You know how they, they explain it? And it's the worst thing. They say that there was like this tipping point. Once they get Joaquin, they had one less guard to watch him because they had they were like, how does that explain things when you're in a cave? That would be like me saying we had, we're at Rikers. We had Rikers. a plan to deal with 173 guards. But they had 174. Once that number dropped, then we could do it. So that means everything you know, goes to hell and we break out of ourselves. And then there's this flashback where he's, he finds out that one of these other prisoners has the same name as his, his sister, his aunt. I don't even know who. It's like the Martha scene. In, I'm in telling the, you, it's like you know, a one-man Martha scene that's ridiculous. It is. It's ridiculous. There's no reason for any of this. And this part of the story... Again, in my mind, We're trying to, to connect get feels these. from this, but I just the only feeling I get is confusion. Es- Esperanza. Oh, that name's Esperanza. Why did you say that name? Why did you say Esperanza? People are applying to go to Wakanda when they get the the physical. They're injected with this crazy, you know, virus. I don't know if this is some sort of anti-vax. I don't know. I, I have no idea. But they end up going. Vibranium's supposed to trigger everything. And that's the thing that's weird. These immigrants? These immigrants, they're, they're from Mexico. They even said yeah, that. They're not, that, they're not, they're going not going Wakandan. Wakandan. And so is that, are they the test run? And then, but then why are they still, it makes no sense. Makes no sense. Remember, or in that deal, remember, hey, we're going to stop this train that is smuggling vibranium. And then, at, but we never had it. We thought, well, the pieces of vibranium are in them. They're going to extract it. They're going to do that. Who knows? Because everything's just thrown at you. And then by the end, when Crossbone says that the trigger for this, you know, ecological disaster, this whole virus thing is vibranium. I'm like, uh, whatever. I mean, you're in Wakanda. There'll be vibranium. But what is going on here? And how is that going to be? Well, we're going to have this thing go. We're going to blame Captain America of doing it. Nothing makes sense. Then T'Challa comes to muddy it up, too. But that that whole Joaquin stuff, I just don't get it anymore. And, and it's almost the idea, like you said. 
The story makes no sense. There's nothing to it. So you try to pull in this. That's a nice name. Esperanza. And even then they look and he's just standing there smiling. What, what's wrong with you? Nothing. That's a beautiful name. I'm like, really? This is what we're dealing with? And at, I mean, at the end, then he finds Louisa still there. I thought she was one of the rebels, part of that uprising. But no, then she, he just pushes a button, opens a door, and she's unconscious slash dead. I guess she never called Red Wing. <laughs> Red Wing never got the call. Yeah. So yeah, by the end, it's just the Chala there. And then we end up where it looks like the next issue, Sam and Black Panther add it to go against this thing. I'm like, I don't even get what the story you think is. They're going to fight and then they're going to team up against the real bad guys. I oh my if goodness, that's happen. that would be crazy. What's the story? What's happening here? I mean, I think that the, the regular Steve books convoluted as hell with the shield and you took our symbol and stuff like this. But this book, it just makes no sense. And having the two, like we have in the, you know, we have Winter Soldier Bucky and Steve, but the Winter Soldier Bucky stuff was kind of at the end. We'll get, you know, a little bit here. This tries to. Yeah. And we could see right away where the Bucky story connected yeah. to the, the Steve story. It, it fit together. This book is a, a freaking mess. It's hard to even gather what it's about by the end. And that's not good. Artist is doing a, a, a pretty decent job trying to tell the story, but it's, he's not given a lot to work with because it's it just doesn't hang together. So and, and even that there's no real character work. Things are just they're thrown in situations. You try to get it with the Joaquin stuff, Esperanza, and you're like, really? And it's just oh, family, family. But it's pushed in such a convoluted way that you can barely even follow. And then even then, the hey, we got. I love when they they break out of the cell and just start yelling. Hey, we got out because there's more guards concerned with you. Hey, thumbs up. Let's get out of here. I got the keys. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing here? Oh, goodness gracious. But yeah, there you go. What would you give this? This is a four out of 10 book. And all of that is for the art. The plot doesn't make any sense. Just look at the pretty pictures and have a good time. I think I'm a three five and that's all art. Because uh, again, it can't save it. It's a wreck. Let's get to that tie-in. Let's get to, you know, the crossover between the two books and then combine them or something. And hopefully with that, I'd never thought I'd say that I'd rather have Lansing and Kelly on a book, but they're definitely doing a better job than this. Yeah, their I, stories aren't always the most interesting, but they, they make sense. You could say, here's what happened and why. Yeah, I, I have a deal here where I think that it'll be like that Aquaman book that we have at DC or, you know, it ended already. And yep, then you'll get that. Now we'll get three writers on it because they'll just get on a Bucci to write it with Lansing and Kelly with both. And then we'll separate. Just do something. This book is a, it's a wreck. It's a complete wreck. But we'll move on to the last book of the deal. And that is Carnage. Carnage number five. Again, I this book isn't what is going on with this it, book. Well, it's not as bad page for page, maybe. But is this a carnage book? I, I don't even get what this book is supposed to be. We're wandering around in, in Thor territory. We don't need carnage in the Thor world. It doesn't fit. It doesn't doesn't make any sense. Even then, what hap this is what happens with Ram V, and it's one of the things where it's I, I said it all along that Ram V at DC, he, he's he can't do any wrong for people. He could write whatever he wants. He could write a laundry list, a grocery list. People will end up giving it a ten out of ten at DC. Then he does the same thing over at Marvel, who aren't used to it or don't have that big book to rest their the laurels on it, and they're not. It's not reviewed very well. It, it ends up, but this is just the same as he does. He ends up meandering about even the Venom book. He doesn't like to concentrate on the regular character. 
he ends up having side characters and he ends up trying to get philosophical and fancy with everything. And this one plays out so yeah, it weird. It doesn't feel like he has like a big picture outline, like by issue five, I'm going to get to here. By issue 10, I'm going to get to there. It's just every issue is like he sits down and wanders off in a direction and he kind of gets lost here in Svartalfheim for a while. Uh, yeah, Svartalfheim. It's a, excuse you. You end up where by the end, I, I have to uh, eventually, I'll look up this tweet that he had and it explained everything to me with him as he said that it was up to him. He would be told that he has a hundred issue run and he would write a story that doesn't connect to anything, just kind of meanders and wanders around for a hundred issues to see the little corners and the nooks and crannies and to see yeah, things going some, on. Some writers do that. Like, I mean, uh, famously in the, the X Men world, Onslaught started like that. They just, you know, created this thing. Oh, there's a, like a, a was a note or a word or something. Oh, Onslaught is coming. And the writer had no idea what Oslo was going to be at that point. But I figured, oh, eventually I'll figure out what that's going to be. And other other writers plot things out meticulously and know exactly what's going on. And Ram V is not that second kind of writer. Yes, we talked about this on the spotlight where you ended up having Dan Slott. He's doing this fantastic for, hey, I'll mention this. I'll throw this and we'll get to it later. The thing is, these books, they're, they're not like that anymore. You don't have people on a run for 400 issues. You don't. Or even 46, like Dan Slott got. I can't imagine Ram V is going to be writing Carnage number 45 in a couple of years. I don't think that's going to happen. Ram V just likes to tell his stories. And if he goes and meanders about, if he ends up in Svaltenheim with this dark elf and, you know, his Kenneth Neely serial killer, and they're going to wax poetic about what makes them tick. That's what he's going to do. It's called carnage. That's the problem. And even then, all people I think, what is Cletus back? You have Cletus over, you know, with Shade, Detective Shade. And even that is a wacky deal. Ay, ay, ay. Carnage number five. Here we go with the issue. Carnage is loose. Rejected by its former host, Cletus Cassidy. The carnage symbiote is on its own. It was found. It has found a disciple in serial killer, Kenneth Neely. Detective Jonathan Shade is out on their trail, but after an encounter with Carnage, Shade keeps hearing Cassidy's voice in his head. After attacking and stealing the powers of Hydro Man on the spot, Carnage is wreaking havoc of the dark uh, elf homeworld of Svaltenheim. But who is Carnage hunting next? Oh, my. And how does it connect to the ancient ritualistic hunt the elves themselves are taking on? Written by Ram V, art by Francisco Mana, colors by Eric Garcianega, letters by VCs Joseph Sabino. Uh, my question is, again, almost like the idea we thought it was cool. Oh, look, he was going after the spot and Hydro Man for a reason. And this is to get all over the place like he is. Please, if somebody can write down right now how that actually tied in and worked, I'll give him an award because we never knew. I mean, it just was, hey, Hydro Man spot. I got this. Boom. We're here in Svaltenheim. Of even getting to Svaltenheim and going through the deal. Like he is up the spot's abilities to do this multiversal almost deal. But yet we never really told how that worked. It just was, okay, it tied in, we're here. You're in Svaltenheim. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I don't even understand at the end when no, it's like, I'm getting these hounds and last they steal. Of this whole party of dark elves who all had their own reasons why they wanted to go and show off and be a big fancy dark elf person and, and tame one of these wolf pups. None of them were interesting, including this one one-handed guy who is this weird mirror of our Kenneth Neely, because he's also got one hand. So Neely was sent off to kind of, you, you take care of that guy. And so they hang out for a while, and they chat, and there's a magic knife that lets them communicate. Okay, 
I love that the, there's a magic knife that lets them communicate after they've been communicating with each other for a bit. It's very odd. And then the elf's big plan is, okay, I'm going to let your carnage guy fight my other dark elf guys, and we'll take care of who's ever done at the end. And then there's this scene where Neely kills the dark elf guy. I, I was waiting for it to be a big reveal, right? Yeah, oh, no, we're, we're playing a trick on Carnage. We're teaming up against Carnage. We see him hanging on the tree. He seems to be crucified. And then we see another panel where we see his head. I thought he was going to open his eye because they're walking away. That's you what don't, it seems to be see up to that. But he's, and even then, you even have Carnage. Like, I think Carnage is smart enough to know if a guy's dead or not or check. But again, Carnage. He's, he's seen you, some dead people. You yeah. can play Carnage off as this. It was all his plan all along because of this nonsense. But in that, he seems to have sent, you know, his guy Kenneth to go and talk to this other elf to give him life lessons and to learn things. But that then at the end, nothing matters because it does seem like he's dead. We'll see. And even the idea, it's kind of like a Dragon Ball thing where you end up where you, you just let them go get the Dragon Balls and then grab it at the end. That's basically this Darkoff's plan. But I don't even understand what all of this would mean to Carnage and what the pup would do and what he would. But really, he seems to just be taking over the other Dark Elves and making them into his own and getting a a pup. Nothing's explained. It just doesn't make sense. It's him just gathering an army. He wants to become a god is what he's... But what what does that mean? And how are you doing it? You spend a whole issue with this Dark Elf and Kenneth to be this play of, oh yeah, by the way, remember Kenneth? He is kind of crazy. He's a serial killer. He'll do anything. He's even there. That's my G. I'm his Judas, and I'm kissing him here. Let's smooch, baby. And I'm like, this is just weird. This whole play of this book, nothing is very well explained. You're just ending up where people who probably like it just say, eh, get a little carnage. But do you? Because this is a different, it's such a weird, weird book, and I am losing a lot of interest in it. And the most interesting character in this is Detective Shade. And him having Cletus in his mind, that seems interesting. But that doesn't seem to be any of the focus that Ram V wants. That's always on the back burner. This and issue, I he's want in more two pages, that. and he says, like, four words. But in my mind, the art's okay. But even then, it's like, it's okay. But when I'm, it's like standard Marvel style, I think. It, it looks like just whatever. And you're in, you know, Svaltenheim, so you get a little bit of that flavor. But it's just a weird deal. Oh, what would you give it? Yeah, I think the art looks looks pretty darn good. It's a very extreme style. That's not my favorite. The big black, red, carnage tendril stuff. The story is disappointing because I thought we had some cool characters, but we're not spending any time with the good ones. So I'm going to give this overall a generous 5.8 out of 10. I'm giving it a 5. Standard 5. Like you said, the yeah. art's okay. It's just the story. There's a slog. Uh, there's no focus. You need to get a focus. With that, that is it. Uh, what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Amazing Spider-Man number eight. That is mine as well. And again, it's one of those, I know people, some people aren't very high on Zeb Wells' run. He does have to get to the big stuff. Now we have two crossover deals. We have some X-Men stuff kind of coming in. After that, he's got to get down and dirty. Yeah, so it's it's going to be issue 11 at the earliest when he's actually going to explain what happened before issue one, which is too damn long. And hopefully at this point, I hope that Zeb Wells realized you've been teasing this stuff so long, it better be good. It can't just be nonsense. It can't just be, well, that happened and people did that. No, right, let's move on. You have teased this so long, it better hit hard. It better be something really good that explains all of this because doing this thing with Norman and like that feels like you're already progressing past 
what we might learn in a little bit, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, if the reveal falls flat, that is really going to hurt this book because people are just going to be angry. (laughs) I will be. I know you will be as well. I'll just yell louder is what I'll do. But with all of that, thanks, everybody. Go over to the Twitter at WS Marvel Comics and follow us. We'll follow you back and then check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science where we have a bunch of things, including our weekly Patreon-only spotlight. This week, the badasses, the Get Fresh crew, they Mm -hmm. pick the Damage Control number one. Ooh, what a laugh that one is. And also the end of Fantastic Four, the Dan Slott, I think it was 46, maybe. I don't have it here, listen, but it is the end of his run. With that, if you're not aware, the book continues in this current deal to tie into the Axe Judgment, day and then it'll be back with ryan north at the helm we'll see how that goes but overall yeah we'll see we'll see how that is and everything else but wish these books were a little bit better this week but what do we say at the end jace what we say is have a great week week keep it weird keep it weird and we will see you in an ocean state seven see you in seven go read comics you are all weirdos weird science is the revolution Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.